Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In spite of everything Jesus had done for Martha, she has a complaining attitude while serving. Ganguzo and serving. Hmm. Doesn't really go together. I want you to write this down. This is huge for us. It's huge for all of us. Serving God is required. God commands us to serve him. But we must serve with the right attitude. If you've been a church goer for any length of time, you've heard the story of Mary and Martha. Martha's frustration with her sister's failure to help prepare their meal, instead sitting and listening to Jesus teach. Pastor Mark will recount this story from Luke chapter 10 today. He'll share with us Jesus' view of the situation, as well as giving some insight as to why Jesus complimented Mary and chided Martha. We'll learn how this applies to our motives for what we do in trying to further the cause of Christ, and how to be sure that our attitude towards our work is correct. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Priority, Being Comes Before Doing. this has great implications for all of us. There's a balance to it, but it's biblical. So what do we see from the Samaritan? Exactly that. Being before doing. He has a godly attitude. He's doing the right thing because he knows he should care for his neighbor. This was love and action. It wasn't just looking at the man. It wasn't walking down the street across from him. Not just knowing what to do, but actually doing the right thing. Now, Jesus says to this man, look at verse 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? This man doesn't even want to answer it. You know why? He hates Samaritans. He's saying, God goes to himself. Hear all this story is a Samaritan? Verse 37. And the expert of the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Look at me. The one who had mercy on him. He couldn't say the Samaritan. The one. Prejudice. The truth of the story, he's still wrong in his heart. Prejudice. Race, color, creed. Religion. Now he knew better. So Jesus says, he didn't even talk about it. He just says this. Look what he says. Go and do likewise. What does that mean? 
Write this down this morning. Here's what Jesus is saying to all of us. Go and do likewise. Love your neighbor and make God look good. Now, this isn't new to us. Jesus in Matthew 5, 16 says this. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. This is exactly what this man is doing. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, who is our neighbor here? Usually when we speak of neighbor, we speak of our apartment complex or the trailer park or the housing area we live or subdivision or whatever. That's true. But I want you to write this down. This is the key. Our neighbor, our neighbor is pretty extensive. Here it is. Our neighbors are anyone God, God puts in our path that we need to love and help. Anyone. Now, there's a, there's a balance to this, but I want you to think about that. Can I help everyone? Of course not. Many, many years ago, I remember the first time I went to Haiti. And I told it, they were, I was told it, and those were the days you flew in, you'd have to go through security, you'd have to do anything, you just flew in, you know, whatever, no sense thing is TSA and all that stuff. You just flew in, got off the plane, and, and they said there was always tons of Haitian kids there. So I had a bunch of pennies and a bunch of candy, and I came. And man, the minute I get off the plane, here they are, whoa, crazy. In about five minutes, I had nothing left, except there's a thousand kids still left. That, that spoke to my heart. I've never forgotten it. That's like 40 years ago. I never forgot it. You know why? I can't meet every need. So I'm not saying to you, my neighbors, anybody that has a need, of course not. Ladies, you're going home and you see some guy hitchhiking in the side road. Well, Pastor Mark said to pick him up. No, I did not. <laughs> we don't need more funerals. Forget it. I understand. But you say, well, Pastor Mark, what? what What do you mean God's going to open the door? He's going to speak to your heart. You'll know when you need to step in. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, can I really do that? Yes. When God guides, he provides. So begin thinking in your neighborhood, where you live. How many have neighbors? How many have in, in your subdivision or your apartment complex? How many have neighbors in your workplace that don't know Jesus? Oh, my goodness. Do we have people that don't know Jesus? So I, I can help them, what, physically? Maybe your neighbor's cutting down a tree, and, and you see him, and he's struggling. Get out of your car. Get out of the street and help him. This man has a tree right over here. <laughs> Seriously, what do we do? Drive right in the driveway, put the garage down, and say to your wife, that idiot out there, Ganguza, was trying to take the tree down by himself. Hello? <laughs> Pretty practical that way, isn't it? Any member from up north when snow came? Some of you people have never seen snow, but those of us that came from up north, we needed help when you had to, here it is, they're shoveling like crazy, baby. What about the spiritual aspect of our neighbor? We're entering a time of the holidays. Many people will come to church on Christmas Eve. We always do four Christmas Eves. They'll come. And we're going to have an amazing Christmas Eve. We're going to have photo booths for families. We'll take a picture with the kids. And I'll say, it's going to be fantastic. Invite them. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for those people that don't know the Lord. Share the gospel with them when God opens a door. Now, when you think about all that, when this man stops... This is basically what this man goes, Ganguzo. My neighbor goes that far. 
I didn't want to hear that. But that's what Jesus wanted to know. Now, what did we learn from this story? Three things. Write them down this morning. Number one, love God with everything we are and have. It all starts with God. And it's not love in the head. It's love in the heart. Number two, love our neighbors as we would want to be loved and helped. See, when you're driving down and that guy's working on the tree and he can't get help and he needs help, you can see it, and you drive right by, would you want that if that was you? No, you'd want somebody to what? Stop and help. It's a whole different way of looking at it. Yeah, but Pastor Mike is going to take time out of me. We're to love people. Love your neighbor as your self. Number three, I cannot do that without being comes before doing. You see... As I do that, then I begin to fulfill this great commandment. Love God and love people. Now, Jesus simply moves from there to making choices. Everyone here has made choices that you'd like to try to do again. Maybe you made some choices this week. You'd like a... I made the wrong choice. Well, what is life about? Life is simply about making choices, priority, walking with God, and getting his help. But sometimes we don't do that. So I want you to see how important choices are, because that's what Jesus is going to talk about. Good or best? Write this down this morning. Notice this key. Our lives are simply the sum of our choices. The choices you made... Where you sit this morning, where I stand this morning, is because of my choices. Nobody makes perfect choices. But the more better your choices, the better your standing and your lifestyle. Our lives are simply the sum of our choices. Good, lots of good things. Not even talking about bad here. But God helps us with the best choices. Remember, the most important thing you have in your life asset is time. I can't be wasted making good choices. I need to do best choices. And I cannot do that alone. So watch what Jesus does. Verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, Jesus' feet, listening to what he said. He was giving a teaching in the home. Now, remember, Jesus didn't own a home. You'll hear from the false prosperity people. He was rich. He had everything. He needed everything. No, he didn't have a place to even put his head. He didn't own a home. He actually had many great friends, and these were his probably his best friends other than his disciples, Mary, Martha, and who was their brother? Lazarus. So he would go, and when he could get away and have a rest and be refreshed, that's the way he goes. So here's Jesus, picture it. He's in the house. Martha and Mary are making sure the house gets right, ready for Jesus. He's coming. He'd be a special guest. They loved him. They did all that. And as we go through the story, Some people read it, think it's about women and their work around the house. It's not the illustration of the story. How many of you women are perfectionists? Let me see your hands. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, the hands is perfect. Just perfect like that. Okay. Now you married somebody that could kind of care less. 
You say, well, Pastor Mark, how did you know? Because God's got a great sense of humor. You have to be just exactly like this, and you go in and look at your husband's room. Oh, my Lord. Well, this is what you're going to see with Martha. Martha is Miss Perfectionist. Mary is, okay, let's get it done. Let's move on. Now, when you see this story, Jesus is going to say to Mary, you made the best choice. It's not about her work in the house. Many people, when they hear that, go, God, I knew that was right. I can leave the dishes in the sink because Mary left them there. And she doesn't dust. She left dust all over. I like this story, Pastor Mark. This is fantastic. This is not the story. You that are Martha. Yes, it should be spotless. This is not about Martha and her crazy idea. This is a spiritual application. Okay, so don't get wrong. Understand, Mary and Martha both love Jesus. That's not an issue. Verse 40. But Martha was, circle the word, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, Jesus, and said, now watch this. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? (laughs) Can you hear Ganguzo in there anywhere? Man, it's bleeding, Ganguzo. So who's she telling this to? Jesus. What's her, what's her answer to this? Uh, Jesus, I'm commanding you to tell her to help me. In your Bible, circle the word me. We'll get there in a moment. Martha says to Jesus, Mary, help me with cleaning the house before you got here. But now that you're here, she's sitting down listening to you, and I'm fixing the meal by myself. By the way, who else is she fixing it for? All the disciples. So she's probably working on a, you know, a five-course meal for you know, 15 people or whatever. And she said, she helped me clean the house, but she's gone now. And the distraction of life, the busyness of life affect Mary's life. Yeah, she says, it's okay. The house is clean. I'm sitting down. Martha, no, no, no. There's more to do. Come on, help me with this 27-course meal. Martha is focusing on things. Nothing wrong sometimes doing that. Mary's focusing on relationships. So Jesus, she says, here's how to fix the problem. Who should be telling us how to fix our problem? Jesus should be telling us how to fix our problem. She says, Jesus, this is how to fix the problem. You tell her to help who? Me. That's the problem. It's all about Martha. When life is all about you, we have a problem. God do so. Because nobody else cares about you except Jesus. Now watch what happens. What is the problem? Martha has an attitude problem. Chuck Swindoll says attitude is about 80%. 80% of our decisions and choices are made by attitude. It was not about serving others. It was having Mary serve her. In spite of everything Jesus had done for Martha, she has a complaining attitude while serving. Ganguzo and serving. Hmm. 
doesn't really go together. I want you to write this down. This is huge for us. It's huge for all of us. Serving God is required. God commands us to serve him. But we must serve with the right attitude. Now, our role model is who? Jesus. Can you imagine driving onto the property in the parking lot? People are out there helping you. And the guy in the parking lot is saying to us, bring your car over here. Put it right there. I don't want to put it right there. Praise God. I'm coming to church. Yeah. Ganguzo right there. By the way, sometimes, you know, some of you get a little funky out there. That's my place right there. That's where I want to come. Well, who's directing who out there? We have to be careful with ganguzo, don't we? If I'm going to serve, I have to serve with what kind of attitude? The right attitude. A positive attitude. Well, I don't like serving over there. Well, then, realistically, you need to get an attitude correction. Amen? How many remember the old days when there was pews in a church? Anybody ever come to pew? Okay, you old people out there. Good. (laughs) How many remember this? You went to visit a church. First time. And you go in there, and you're in the church, and you're sitting in this pew right here. And before the service starts, somebody goes like this. You already know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, you've been there. And you look up. Excuse me, I've been sitting in that chair 43 years. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm here. No, you're going to have to move. Thank you for the Christian attitude. He said, Pastor Mark, that doesn't happen, does it? We have chairs now, but it can still happen. What's the problem? Attitude. It's all about me. Jesus said this. Our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. See, write this next down, and I just want you to write it. Serving God and others is not about me. When you think serving is about you, you have to get an attitude adjustment. It's about God. It's not you. You're not serving you. You can self-serve yourself at the gas station, but not in a church, not in real life. We're serving God, and to serve God, we have to serve others with the proper, wonderful, good attitude. doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but don't be a griper. Now, I just want to say this. Our churches are filled with thousands and thousands of people who are serving. You're not complainers. Thank you so much. You have the right attitude. You're simply glad to carry out what God has asked you to carry out, and you do it with the joy. That's, that's a blessing to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But maybe one or two or five of you have kind of gotten into this same old thing. It's about me. It's all about me. And you say, well, in in a million ways of serving, well, I don't want to teach the third graders. I want to teach the sixth graders. Well, we haven't eaten the third. I'm not going to go down there and teach the third graders. I have no idea what I'm talking about. There's nobody here that's doing that. Don't go home and go, Pastor Mark, somebody told you about me. No, God told me about you. (laughs) It's not that. I'm just using an illustration, okay? Now, second, not only are you serving with a wonderful attitude, but you're flexible. See, Martha is not flexible. We all have a little of that in us. Don't laugh. It's just in different kind of things. But you're flexible. Remember when we started this church 23 years ago? We started in the Hilton. We had a few services, about 100 people. And then one week they came to me and said, you can't have service in the Hilton this week. We have a cat show. 
That's a true story. One of these places. I knew cats didn't go to heaven. I told you about that many times. That was Satan right in there, baby. A dog show, they would have let us in. You saw, in the, you saw in the story already. Who licked this woman? A dog. Praise God. A cat? All right, let me get back. <laughs> let me get back to my sermon. Okay. Let me get back to my sermon. Don't email me. I didn't use that in the other stories. God, it's your problem, not me. Okay. <laughs> what I was trying to say is, so we had to find another place to meet. And we moved all over the place for those first few years. We didn't have a place to be. We just moved and moved and moved. Then we moved to the school. And then all of a sudden we moved here. And then we had to build another building. We had to move here. And what have we been doing? We've been building and moving for the last 20 years. Thank you so much. You guys are so flexible. Seriously. A lot of people couldn't take it. You take it. The HD, you know, TJ's doing his last three weeks in a row. No technical at all. He's just teaching. My notes. And he puts his spin onto it. Same thing that happened in Sebastian a couple weeks ago. And understand how flexible it is and how great you are. Thank you. But it's worth it because people all over the world can see us clearly. They can read the notes. You can. Somebody said to me, and I sit in the back row, I can see the notes, praise God, you know, whatever. Good. I was going to give him glasses about that thick, but now he doesn't need them. He can see it. And I look closer to 7-Eleven than I've ever been before in my life. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what's Jesus going to say when Martha says to Jesus, you tell her. Verse 41, Martha, Martha. He said, Pastor Mark, he didn't say it like that. I bet you he did. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. What about you this morning? Father, for those who are worried and upset about many things right now, you tell us to cast our care on you. Help those people to package that worries and cares and to transfer it to you right now. Right in the middle of a service so they can enjoy the end of the service. Thank you, Lord. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Look at verse 42. Or indeed, only how many? One. Mary has chosen what is, circle it, better. He wasn't saying something's wrong with the house. There's nothing wrong with having clean dishes. Everything's spotless. One thing is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Jesus was saying to Martha, Martha, I love what you're doing to make me comfortable. But realistically, all I need is a falafel for lunch. Come on. Come with me. Your attitude is wrong. And the best thing to do right now is not get upset at Mary. But just come in the other room and sit with me and listen to my teaching. Mary has made the better choice. Pastor Mark has taught about the danger of trying to do work for God while having an attitude that doesn't please God. We've seen from Martha's example that sometimes working hard at stuff is the exact wrong thing to do. Mary's desire to learn from Jesus instead of doing busy work is an example for all of us to consider in our busy lives. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next time we're together, Pastor Mark will be completing this message. He'll be continuing the theme of having the proper attitude towards service, using examples of bad attitudes that we can all relate to. Hopefully, you won't see yourself in them, but we'll use these stories to be encouraged to ask God to reveal bad attitudes you might have. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.